More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a shh Silencing critics, eliminate misses Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name, read about it We're golf teachers, hall of fame, never doubt it It's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney the truth here's I do you listen in the hanging listen in the hanging welcome to the Hey Katie podcast today first day of solo flying solo with my co-pilot Minnesota Tim Parachka this is a weekend we're, we're hoping to do weekend specials like on so this is going to air on Saturday and every Saturday, you can look forward to the great predictor. That would be me, Steve Johnson, Hank Haney Golf, managing partner, and Minnesota Tim Parachka, the show's executive producer, filling in the blanks that, uh, you know, maybe explain a little bit, filling in the blanks from this week's programming. And Tim, it is a pleasure to be with you today. Tell me about how life is in Minnesota right now. Oh, Steve, life is great in Minnesota right now. It's not very cold. It's actually 30 degrees, beautiful weather. And it's 30 degrees. So just so the audience knows, we're recording Friday morning and we're recording at 830 in the morning. So it's only going to get warmer as the day continues. It's 30 degrees at 830 in the morning on a Friday. Now that's extremely warm for a January, early January, 2020, 2020. I got to get used to saying that again, 2000. For the first time, actually, 2020. Right. How how are your New Year's resolutions going? By the way, are are you not swearing anymore? Do, doing pretty what's, good. What's I mean, let's re, let's review those let's review those resolutions. One was I was going to 
cut down on the swearing. And uh, that's been going pretty well so far. I've been, I had to catch myself a couple times, bit my lip a couple times. The second one was, uh, has to do with commuting. And I, I'm in the car all the time, Tim, about 20, 30 minute drive to and from work every morning. Plus I, I'm out and around to our facilities. Uh, the, the road rage, uh, that was one of my goals is, is eliminate the road rage, temper that a little bit. And, uh, other than that, you know what? I added one that I added a another resolution. I want to be a better husband, and so I told my wife that, committed to that, and uh, so far, I'm looking pretty good on that on that uh, front. How about you? Yeah. So what? So let's stay on you for a quick second. I I'm still the same. I didn't really create resolutions. I'm not a big resolution guy. What What does looking like a better husband? look like is that better communication what as for a young punk like me 28 years old hoping to find a girlfriend soon upward momentum there a lot of upward momentum there in that category by the way what what does looking like a better husband look like for somebody younger like i like me what 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 should i look forward to what should i practice early on in my age um, to be a better husband when that time comes. Well, I mean, I'm 35 years into this project. Uh, we've been Michelle and I have been married for 35 years, and we've been through a lot of different seasons together. Obviously, the dating scene, where, like I recommended to you, Tim, you've got to be on your best behavior. The dating period in that season is a, a season where you would you would be on your best behavior. It's a sales job. Don't it. Don't let anyone tell you different. You're selling yourself to a prospective, serious relationship. So we we made it through that. We got through the newlywed stage, which was great. We moved away from Southern California. I followed Michelle to Texas, where she was going to the University of Texas Dental School. Uh, I tell you what, that was a good time. You know, back in the day, a lot of a lot of young couples would stay in the town that they grew up in. Well. That changed for us because we went to a place where we, it was just, uh, it was a team of two. It was Michelle and myself, and uh, there were some challenges with that, but uh, it, it got us, gave us an opportunity to grow closer. Then we had kids, you know, and that's a very busy season. You can get pulled a lot of different ways. And that's where Hank has really helped me. And we've talked about Hank's, you know, we've talked about Hank's vision and his linear logic. As my kids started getting older, he said, Steve, he said, you know, uh, Michelle has been really focused on the development of these two young men that you have. Uh, and when they go to college, it's going to be a big shock to her. So I would encourage you to keep her working. And she took some time off when the kids were, were younger from dentistry, and then she got back into dentistry. And that was, I tell you what, that was a great piece of advice that Hank gave me. Get your wife into something because she's been dedicated the last 18 years to your, your two boys. And a lot of times when those kids leave, there's a big void in, uh, in the, the wife's life. And uh, that helped me out a lot. So she, we got through that. Now we're at the stage where the, our boys are now men and they're getting, they've got serious girlfriends. One of my sons is engaged. They have accomplished three of the pillars to being a man. And you know what those are, Tim, right? What's that? Let me tell you, three of the five they've done. I'll tell you all five of them. The first thing is, is you finish your education. 
whatever that may be, if it's a trade school, if it's high school, if it's junior college, if it's a four-year college, if it's a postgraduate degree, you finish your education. Then what you do, you move out of the house. You move out of your parents' house, which you did. You know, you're in uh, St. Louis, Minnesota, uh, in your little one-room apartment, which is great. You moved out. My boys did that. The next thing is, is you sustain yourself with your own income. You're on, you're off scholarship, no more scholarship. And, uh, you've done, you've accomplished that too. You've done a good job. My boys are there. The next step, step four is finding yourself a wife, uh, a companion for the rest of your life, uh, which you're in the process of doing that right now. My boys are doing the same. And then the fifth one to be a complete man, kids, Got to have kids. Mm. So that's a little wisdom All for right. the start of the year. You're, uh, as long as you're working toward the, uh, the five pillars of being the man, I mean, you're, you're doing good. You're doing good. So, yeah. Um, so being a better husband, getting back to your question, you know, as husbands, we, we're hard of hearing. Every one of us. There must be something in either the ring or the vows that we take is when after you get married, you can't really hear what your wife's saying very well. Uh, you answer, but you don't really hear what they're saying. So one of the things that I've, uh, in my resolution, I want to be a better listener, better listener. I want to be more attentive to, uh, Michelle's needs. And, uh, she said, I'll let you know how you're doing. So, <laughs> It's, all right. I'm doing yeah, pretty good right. so that far. Good. And we're only we're only a few days good. into 2020, but uh, we're I'm doing pretty good right now. It's winter. It's 30 degrees. It's a beautiful 30 degrees in Minnesota. It's going to be in the 50s here in Dallas today. And a lot of people are thinking about resolutions like I had been. And one of those things in, in terms of golf is your winter training. What do you do in winter training? And a lot of people make no advancements because they don't know what a good plan is. And because they don't know what a plan is, they don't have a defined game plan. They do nothing. And they hope for a better golf, you know, a golf game in 2020. But unless you have a really defined plan, you can't really advance and make those baby steps forward. And so I wanted to help our listeners the for the Hank Haney podcast. I want to help our listeners establish a good game plan for themselves for and and some good resolutions and and uh, advancement in their game in 2020. You ready, Tim? You ready to hear what? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Let's get into it. So let's first let's first announce that we always t- do this at the end of the podcast, but let's do it at the beginning. You okay. can send your golf swings to golfschools at hankhaney.com. So so explain that. Yeah, it's a simple down the line video. Down the line video is one where you can see the target, you can see where you're aiming. We can see your swing shape, and sometimes we can even see where the ball goes. That's a down-the-line video. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. Tim, some guy sent me a a video file of like 140 megabytes, which you can't download through through the email. So it's just one swing is all we need. Whether it's a practice swing or one where you're hitting a ball, that's all we need. Tell us what your big miss is. Tell us, hey, I hit it to the right, I slice it, I hook it, I top it, I hit it low, I hit it high— Tell us about the ball flight because our, our form of, of diagnosing and creating a game plan is based solely on what the ball's doing and what your impact is. So you send that video. It's very easy to attach to an email. Couple clicks, send it to golf 
schools with an S at hankhaney.com within 24 hours. We're going to send you back a start of a great game plan. And uh, you may even have some questions about uh, what we're going to talk about right now, the winter training, physical, mental, nutrition, your technique. Anything goes today. This is Saturday. Caddy John used to call this, what is this, Saturday Strong is what this is. And uh, we we hope it helps you with your golf game. So what about calling into the podcast how do you do that tim yeah you can call into the show uh 833-426-5763 extension 801 and we'll get into a caddy john call later in the day um he wanted to respond to some of your comments steve from earlier last week on the podcast and uh, um you can also email the show hank haney golf at outlook.com uh and tweet and follow the show on twitter at hank haney i view all three of those constantly daily um so we'll if you send something i'll see it for sure um so let's get into it steve okay it's cold in a lot of places and minnesota is one of them texas it's getting cooler 50 degrees like you said what is what is so we we understand that getting better is the ultimate goal but what's the start how do you start to get better like what what's the beginning of the beginning well, there's a number of different kind of phases of getting better. Let's ta- start about the physical, because during the winter, especially up in Minnesota and the northern states, you don't can't, can't get out very much. You can't go hit balls. If you do, do go hit balls, you're in the domes and the ball doesn't fly very far. So physical training is a big part of getting better. And there's two types of physical training. One is range of motion, flexibility, and balance is one. And, you know, a lot of people, when they think of training, they think of lifting weights. We hear Tiger Woods. We hear, uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. They talk about the heavy lifting, the, the heavy squats, the deadlifts and stuff like that. That is a style of training to build muscle. Most golfers that we see, most people that send in videos to us, Tim, the range of motion is the big issue. First of all, test yourself. Can you get your arms above your head? Can you lift your arms up? Can you turn your shoulders? There's some great exercises on YouTube where you can look at, and I'd be more than happy to send our listeners, if they send me a, an email to, to sjohnson at hankhaney.com, some ideas about how they can improve their weakest point. The club should start at the ground. It should swing up over your, the shoulder, the, the right shoulder for right-handed golfer, back down to the ground, then up over the left shoulder. Your body should turn 90 degrees back and 90 degrees through. If you can't do that, that's the first place to start. You want to have some flexibility and range of motion. Those, both of those attributes lead to better hits, and they lead to, to longer enjoyment of the game. So, that's where I would tell someone to start with their physical training. The next thing is there's some golf specific exercises out there. Golf Digest just had an article uh, online not too long ago where they took they named the top 50 trainers uh, on the PGA Tour or top 50 trainers in the United States. I'm not sure what that's based on, Tim, but nonetheless, every one of them has a little about a 60 second video tip of hey, this is these are some things you can do during the off-season, during the winter, and most of them have to do with core strength, flexibility, balance, and motion. I would uh, recommend people check those out because that, that, that's the place where you want to start. 
Then I would get an evaluation from a trainer. And then a lot of the trainers look at building a perfect athlete. Like, I'm sure it, you, you may have taken a golf lesson. People listening out there have taken a golf lesson before where they, the golf lesson starts out with the grip and the stance and the posture. We typically don't do it that way. Everyone has some type of grip, a stance, and a posture. If it's good enough to create some better ball flight, we don't really touch it. So we look at what does a big ball flight miss? That's what I think you should look at when you're looking at your physical strength and speed. Where's my biggest miss? Is it my, is it my, uh, I don't have a lot of hand and arm speed? Is it that I can't, uh, I can't generate the club head speed or I'm, I'm, I've got some impingements or I've got some injuries somewhere that I need to deal with? That's where you need to start. Start with the biggest miss in your body and work from there. Don't start with, hey, I want to build a perfect athlete, so I'm going to get uh, perfect range of motion in my ankles, and then I'm going to move up to my, my legs, and I'm going to go to my core. It, it's got to be where the biggest miss is. So that, uh, that's a good place to start, especially in the winter, Tim. All right. Well, uh, let me respond to what you just talked about right there, Steve. So okay. talking about range of motion, speaking about flexibility, talking about um, getting your body into better shape, you're talking about range and motion. Uh, a lot of this stuff that you're talking about can be done just while watching te- television, it sounds like. The winter time in a lot of places in the United States, it, you're indoors. A lot of the time, on the at, at night, yeah. on the weekends, Saturday, Sunday, watching football. Got the NFL playoffs coming up Saturday, Sunday, both days. Got Super Bowls. A lot of time is spent indoors. And while the TV is on, why not take advantage of the opportunity? Instead of grabbing that popcorn in the first quarter, grab that popcorn in the fourth quarter and work on range of motion, work on exercises. What one of the good friends of the show, Catherine Roberts, uh, yogaforgolfers.com. She has a bunch of great drills, a bunch of great flexibility options to check out at yogaforgolfers.com. And it, it really seems like one of the biggest things standing in people's ways of range of motion and flexibility and becoming better mentally and physically is themselves. You know, get out of your own way, get out of your own head. It, it seems like. If you just take the time, really focus on what you're trying to improve, take out the excuses. When you're watching TV, take 15 minutes. Football in our in central Minnesota starts at 12 o'clock. The Vikings play the Saints at 12 o'clock on Sunday. If you're watching that game or you're watching any other game over the weekend, take that first quarter for the first 15 minutes and just stretch. Work on some core techniques. Do some push-ups. It, it's really, it really feels like it just takes a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, a little bit of extra um, to do some of the things that you're speaking about, Steve. Uh, any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I, the Yoga for Golfers is a great resource. And what, what we see, Tim, is people that have a dream of playing better and they don't know what to do, so they do nothing. Let's make 2020, for those of you listening out there, 2020, let's make it, hey, I'm going to do something. It may not be the right thing, but I'm going to head in the direction and see if it helps me with my, my golf game. If it doesn't, I'm going to change directions. Um, that would lead us right into the, the next part of this, this winter training, Tim, and that's, that's technique. And 
I agree with what you're saying is you just little baby steps. Michael Phelps always told Hank, Hank, if I could just continue to make these baby steps forward, I'm going to get where I want to get. It's just about, it's just a matter of time. And so I think uh, your point is well taken on the technical training. Our, our recommendation where we've seen the best results is when you get help, not like Tim's doing with his, with his, with his bowling, where he's, he's, kind of inventing it on his own, you've got to get lessons. Someone can help you accelerate the learning process so you don't go down those roads that are dead ends. So get some help. I would recommend, there are great teachers all over the country, people you've never even heard of. Just ask your friends who who they're taking lessons from. Are they improving? You can evaluate that. See the better players in your area. Who are they taking lessons from? Um, there's a lot of teachers, especially prominent teachers, that have younger teachers that they're training that are darn good teachers that no one's heard of. Um, you need someone that can dedicate some time to you. And instead of looking at setup, stance, and posture and starting there, get someone that's dealing with your ball flight. Just like we always say, what is the big ball flight miss? If they're addressing that in the lessons and you can see different ball flight, maybe not. 100% of the time but you can see you can see some hope you can see some something different in the way the ball's flying maybe it sounds different maybe it's flying differently maybe it feels better you'll be able to tell it won't look all that much different but believe me if the teacher is paying attention to the ball flight they're helping you get better so that uh that would be the second branch of this winter training physical then technique and uh there's a couple more, but I think, do we need to take a break here, Timmy? Yeah, let's take a quick break here, Steve. Let's take a brief pause and hear from our sponsors. But before we do that, check out VoodooPainRelief.com. It's one of the sponsors of the Hank Haney podcast. And my goodness, does this product work. Hank is offering a two-week free trial right now. Go to VoodooPainRelief.com. I use it all the time. My mom uses it on her shoulder, on her arms. I use it on my cast while training for marathons. Steve's used it. Hank's used it. It's changed lives. And right now, Hank is offering a free two-week supply of VoodooPainRelief.com. All you have to do is go to VoodooPainRelief.com and order a free two-week supply. It doesn't get any better than this. So take advantage of a great opportunity. You got sore muscles? Quit blaming everything else and go get VoodooPainRelief.com and fix it today. We all know the quickest way to improve your scores on the golf course. We all know the way to improve your scores on the golf course. And let's get into that next on the Hank Haney Podcast. I feel like winter is one of the best times of the year to improve the way to score the best on the golf course. Steve Johnson and Minnesota Tim with you on a Saturday morning. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the weekend edition of the Hank Haney Podcast with Steve Johnson, Minnesota Tim. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And Tim, you mentioned something coming out of the last segment before we heard from our sponsors. Something about scoring. Well, explain that and elaborate on that. Yeah, so as a casual golf observer, um, one of the ways that you hear about improving your score, what, what's the ultimate goal here? Are we, are we looking to have a good time? which is perfectly fine. It's fine if you're just looking to have fun on the golf course. Or are you looking to improve your score? And I've always felt like behavior dictates, you know, you can tell me what you want, but behavior dictates what you want. What are you looking for? Are you trying to improve your score? Are you looking to have a good time? And I feel like winter is a great time to improve your score because Hank said this before, and I've read about it. I read articles all the time about golf, golf digest, golf channel, whatever. The best way to improve your score is working on your short game. The best way to eliminate strokes on the golf course is to avoid those two chips that Hank's always talking about. 
Sometimes there's three chips, four chips if you're really bad. One of the best times of the year is to improve that short game during the winter. You know, you can take 100 swings a day in a basement or a household somewhere, which is one of Hank's best tips, one of his favorite tips. But improving that short game, Steve, seems to be the best way to improve that score. Let your behavior dictate that. Show you want to improve. Don't just talk about, hey, I want to get into the 80s. I want to break 90 the first time. I want to break 80 for the first time. Improve that short game over the winter, and you will break that score. That's the best way to improve your score. Uh, do you have any short game drills, Steve, that you can share? Absolutely. Let, let me give you a couple tips. First of all, we're going to start out with putting. And the reason, well, we've got the Hank Haney Golf Ranch here in, in Dallas, Texas. It's our headquarters, and we have a huge driving range, and we have two big putting greens, two different types of Bermuda grasses, Tim. And on a nice day, we'll see probably 67, 70 people hitting balls out on the, on the driving range at one time, and there'll be about two people on the, on the putting green. The reason they don't practice is because putting practice can be type, sometimes it can be boring. You can lose your focus. So I want to give you a couple tips that you can do during the winter, short little Stints of time, maybe five or 10 putts and you're done. So here's what you do. There's four things important in putting. Two, you can practice inside. One, getting the ball to start on your intended line. All the pros or 98% of the pros use a line on their ball. They'll line a ball up, a line on their ball on the, their intended line. You'll see them do it. You see them, it's like they're down there and they're, they're aiming. When we watch a tournament, we see it all the time. In fact, when they show the ball rolling, you can see that ball rolling end over end. The line is rolling. It's not wavering. It's just rolling straight end over end. You've got to practice that technique. And the first thing you would do is put a line on your golf ball, line it up. In order to get that ball to roll end over end, you all you have to do is to hit the ball on the very back of the ball, not on the, the near side, on the inside part of the ball or the far side of the ball. You've got to have some club face control so you can hit the very back of the ball. What I would challenge you to do is just take six golf balls and you would line each one of them up and you'd stroke them and see if the ball's rolling end over end. If it's not rolling end over end, it's, it's not a path issue. It's a club face issue. It's just you're hitting a short putt. You're trying to get it to roll end over end. I would do that about six or 12 times during like maybe a commercial break in a football game, or if you're watching a hockey game or whatever you're doing, watching a movie, a short period of time watching what your ball's doing, you're getting accurate, immediate feedback every time. Take note, if it's not rolling end over end, how is it rolling? Is it wavering clockwise, counterclockwise? Make note of that. You can send me a video of that, and I'll, I'll give you some things to work on. Another thing would be distance control. Hey, I'm going to hit six more putts, and I'm going to try to hit them a certain distance. If you have a, if you're putting down in the, uh, maybe a bedroom or living room or down in the basement, if you can hit up to a 20 foot putt, just see how many putts you can get to stop in the same spot. Just do a maximum of 12 because you're going to start to lose your focus. Now you can go back and do that uh, periodically like you're watching a football game or you're maybe you're doing your, your stretching, you're doing your yoga for golfers stretching, do some of your exercises, couple putts, back to your exercises, back to watching the football, watching your sporting events or, or movies, whatever you're doing, and then come back. 
and practice a little bit more. Those short intervals of, of focus practice are really going to help you. And they're going to show you, hey, this is what my mistake is. Once you understand what your mistake is, your golf pro can help you fix it. So very easy, very easy. All right. So one of the things that fascinates me, Steve, is probability. I, I love looking at odds. I love looking at probability. Um, every every once in a while, you'll see some crazy odd statistic. For example, the Minnesota Miracle, the Vikings versus the Saints back in 2017. The Vikings scored a last-second touchdown about 75 yards as the time expired. And the probability that the Vikings win that game was about probably less than 1%. And it just that stuff fascinates me. Relating that to golf, I, I think about... Um, the the chances that a putt goes in from about 25 to 30 feet from the average player. Now, that's a low percentage. It's a low percentage on the PGA Tour even. Now, think about it from an average player, and, and the putt could be even longer than that normally for an average guy. I mean, how many times are they hitting it that close to the pin? And, and should should the goal be to get that putt up and in in two strokes? Is that the ultimate problem? Is that the ultimate goal? Like. You know, quit trying to make the putt from about 45 feet. That, that's the approach that I would take as a casual golf observer. Quit trying to make it from 45 feet. Get it as close to the hole as possible so you can make it in two. What, what, is that strategy right? Is that strategy wrong? That, that's the approach that I would take. Uh, give me some feedback on that. Yeah, you know, not too long ago, Hank was talking about Justin Thomas. And we were talking about the President's Cup. And one of the things that he noticed, the difference between Tiger Woods' lag putting and distance control and Justin Thomas's was, was tremendous. Tiger Woods can control the distance the ball is traveling. Therefore, he never three putts. Dustin Johnson's the same way when he's, when he's putting well. He says, hey, man, I don't want any stress. What does he say, Tim? I don't like stress. That's exactly what he says. And the low stress is a short putt for your next putt. So having the good distance control, when you do have distance control, you're going to make a lot more putts. You're not going to three putt as much. Justin Thomas at the President's Cup, his distance control was not very good. Therefore, he three putted. He didn't make a, a number of putts. He didn't give his first putt the best chance to go in because he didn't hit it the right distance. So distance control is everything. The probability of making a putt on the PGA Tour is you'd be surprised. And I'm, I'm just going off the top of my head here. I don't have the, the stats in front of me, although you can find them at pgatour.com. Look under stats, and it'll show uh, probability of, of making putts from different distances. Like a five-foot putt is, is, is very high percentage. Let's say it's 90%. You go t- five feet farther away, it goes down to about 60%. You go five feet further away, it goes down to about 40%. The farther you get away from the hole, the less likely you are to make the putt. So let's say you start out at 20 feet. If you can't get that putt within five feet, you've got a very lesser chance of making that second putt. So you, the, the point that you're making is, is a very valid one. Just get the ball. Hank would tell his golfers at uh, a Southern Methodist University back in the day when he used to coach, he said, I don't care if you make any, I don't care if you make zero putts. Let's just get it the right distance. No three putts. If you go no three putts, and if that's your focus, just get the ball going the right distance. You're going to make a lot more putts. You're not going to waste shots by three putting. 
and you're going to get a heck of a lot more out of your game. End of story. Sweet. And to add some context, I'm looking at the stats that you were talking about there, Steve. Bryson DeChambeau from 20 to 25 feet, it says, 75 rounds, 102 attempts, 23 putts made. So I, I don't know what context that is, but um, 102 attempts. He, he made 22% of his putts from 20 to 25 feet. Pretty good. Sometime during the 2019 season. And he, and that, he was the leader. He was number one. Now take that as the average player and, you know, come on, make it in two. That should be the goal. Don't speed it by. Don't leave it short. Put it right next to the hole. Put it as close as possible. All right, let's take our second break on the Hank Kenny podcast. Um, Steve Johnson and Minnesota Tim with you. Coming up next, we got some NFL picks to make for the weekend. First round of the playoffs. The Vikings are playing the Saints. Patriots are playing the Titans. There's two more games, Seahawks versus Philly. And there's one more that I can't remember off the top of my head, but we're going to pick those with the great predictor. And we're also going to pick our century tournament of champions winner. So round two will be over. We're looking at the round one scores here. We're looking at the round one scores and making our picks. We're going to pick three players that we think might win this tournament. And that's coming up next on the Hank Kinney podcast with Steve Johnson and Minnesota Tim. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Hank Haney Podcast Weekend Edition with Steve Johnson and Minnesota Tim Parachka. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And we're going to talk about, what were we talking about when we left, Tim? We're going to talk about the uh, Century Tournament of Champions. So it's a Friday. We're recording on a Friday. We're looking at round one scores. So round two will be over when this show airs. But we want to, so to give us a higher chance to make it more fair, we're going to pick three guys that we think will win the Century Tournament of Champions. It'd be easier after round two to to pick a winner. The scores are different. You got a second round, yada, yada, yada. You get the picture. So we're going to pick three players that we think will win the Century Tournament of Champions, the first tournament of 2020. Um, yeah, let's, let's hear what you got, Steve. Well, you know what? I, I, I got to say, you know, we were talking about working on your putting and all that during the football, but hey, you, you can, you've got primetime golf on this week. You know, it airs later on in the, in the evening because the, the tournament is in Hawaii, and I was watching it last night. Man, it was beautiful. Joaquin Neiman was leading after the first round, minus seven. But I'm going to pick my three here. This is after the first round. The leaderboard looks pretty good. There's a lot of young guns on there, Tim. But here's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to say my first pick would be Justin Thomas. He's kind of my dark horse pick because he set some goals. He was very unhappy with his performance last year. He's not where he wants to be. He's been working harder. Uh, I'm very impressed with Justin Thomas. We've, we've talked about him since his rookie year. He reminds me of a very young Curtis Strange, very driven guy, very motivated guy. He likes winning, does not like losing. His putting at the President's Cup was not very good. Now, this surface, the Bermuda surface in Hawaii is is different than the President's Cup, Royal Melbourne, slick as ice type surface. I think he does better with this, although the greens are huge, but I think he does better with his putting. I think he's got a chance to win. My second choice would be the Rominator. John Rom. he shot four under the first round. He's tied for fifth. He's a guy that's always, he impresses me as someone that's always trying to prove something, not only to himself, but to others and get respect. He's not really classified as one of the young guns. He's a foreign player, uh, Spanish descent. Um, I think he's got a chance to win. He looked pretty darn good yesterday. Hit a couple wild drives, but out there at Kapalua, the fairways are very wide. You've got trouble is typically on one side, not on both sides. So you've got room to play out there. So the long, long ball hitter, like, uh, like a John Rahm has a really good shot. Who I really think has a chance to win is my third pick would be Matthew Wolf. Uh, young player, real long hitter, um, very competitive. 
I think a lot of his game, you know, he had a chance to win and he won last year as a rookie and exotic swing, but a very repeatable swing. I don't think he has the type of swing that young kids are going to look at and say, wow, I really would like to swing like that guy. Uh, not the uh, not the really picture-perfect technique, but it's very functional and it works. So those are my picks. I've got Rominator, Justin Thomas, and Matthew Wolf. Yeah, I like, I like the Matthew Wolf pick. I, I call him Mr. Minnesota because he won the 3M Open last year, the the inaugural 3M Open in 2019, Matthew Wolf. He's got he's got the very Jim Furyk s swing that just kind of proves to you that different players have different strokes, different strokes for different folks. Um, pick number one, I'm 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 going with uh, Justin Thomas as well. Uh, I've always wanted to say this. I've heard this for years, Steve, and this is my opportunity to say it. It's a ball strikers golf course. It's a ball strikers golf course. I've always wanted to say that because all I hear every week, it's a ball <laughs> strikers golf course. Well, which one isn't? God damn it. I mean, everyone's a ball strikers golf course. Here we are at a ball strikers golf course. You know, it's a second shot golf course. That's another one people love to say. It's not just a ball strikers golf course. It's a second shot golf course. It's also a tee to green golf course, Steve. In case you didn't hear, it's a very tee to green golf course got to get the ball in as few of strokes as possible and you might have a chance to win uh i don't know i don't know if you've heard that one before either um pick number two i'm gonna go with patrick cantley okay i'm, I'm on board with cantley he had the big president's cup he had some huge putts big putts in that president's cup and i i think this is the year this is the year that he really becomes alive on the pga tour i think he wins multiple times this year on the tour he won the Memorial Tournament, I believe, a couple of years ago. Uh, or maybe last year. I think he won the Memorial Tournament, uh, Jack's Tournament. So he's proven that he can win some big ones. And I think this is the year he, it all comes to fruition. And then pick number three, I love me some Xander Shoffley. Xander won the Sony Open last year. He's a guy that likes to come from behind. So number th- my one, two, three, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley, Three great stro- ball strikers at a ball strikers golf course. Um, those are my three picks. And uh, we got some NFL stuff that we can get into now, Steve. We got the okay. first round of the playoffs. Four great games this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. They're splitting it. We also got a great call here from Caddy John. Caddy John wanted to react to some of the things that you were talking about last week on the podcast, Steve. It was strictly about the Dallas Cowboys' next option um, as the head coach. So let me get this Caddy John phone call ready for you, and then we'll play that. We'll hear your reaction. It's a two-parter. Caddy John really sounded off here. He went off. He, two-part. He took four minutes here. All right, we got two parts. We'll let you react to the first one, then we'll play part two, and then we'll get our picks for the weekend. So here's part one from Caddy John. Kenny John in Atlanta here, Hank. We're going to have to take a step to the football for a second. Uh, Kenny John in Atlanta, also a credentialed media member covering college football for more than 10 years now. My man Steve Johnson laid out on the podcast the other day that he thought Bill Cowher would be a great fit for the Dallas Cowboys. Bill Cowher is very fine professional football coach, Hank, but hadn't coached since 2006. We may have two calls here, which will give you a chance to um, – to comment during the middle, but let, let's talk about this. Bill Cowher's been out of sports since 2006. 
turned down multiple opportunities to return. So let's look at some of the other guys that were working in 2006 for Steve and see if they might be a good fit to replace um, Jason Garrett if the Cowboys move on. You got Jim Mora, Brian Billick, John Fox, Marvin Lewis, more on him later, Mike Shanahan, Rod Marinelli. He's already on the staff there, right? Tony Dungy, Herm Edwards, more on him in a minute. Nick Saban, more on him after the break, too. Some really interesting names there. Eric Mangini. The point is, he's been out of the sport for 14 seasons. That's not going to qualify you to coach at the NFL level in 2020. I'm sorry. What are the Cowboys? Well, number one in total offense, pretty good there. Total defense, number nine, not bad. Special teams near the bottom. Tough to rank special teams, but a lot of places have them 30 out of 32 teams. So when you talk about diagnosing the problem, just like you would in golf, there's your issue. So maybe you don't need to rock the boat that much, but there are some guys that are going to be better and worse. We're going to talk about that after this break. As for Garrett, if he goes anywhere this year, he is a classic fit for a New York Giant football head coach. Be a great spot for him. I hope he takes a year off to let the dust settle. All right, so that's call number one for you, Steve. We'll also play this next week for Hank to react, but I want to get your reaction um, to this too. So we'll go ahead and play call number two right away from Caddy John, just shredding your Bill Cowher idea here. Um, call number two from Caddy John in Atlanta right here. So picking up on this, who makes up a great NFL coach? Well, usually it's somebody the second time around. It's not the first time. Usually it's somebody that's extremely motivated um, by trying to reach the top level of his profession. So there's a couple guys that are interesting to me if I'm a Cowboy person, and I am not. Marvin Lewis, I think, would do a great job as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. So would Herm Edwards. I don't think either of them necessarily have an interest to return to the NFL. I have personal reasons hoping that Marvin Lewis does not. But if one of those guys is offered, I think you get an interesting outcome there. But I also think about other guys who are not going to rock the boat, who are on the cutting edge of the sport. And when I say not rock the boat, I mean be able to not take them from having outstanding success in some offense and defensive numbers and um, disrupt the team uh, relative to that. Let me just break it down for you like this. Nick Saban has been discussed as a Dallas Cowboys head coach before. Nick Saban has wanted an extraordinarily amount of control at any NFL spot he would go. If I were the Cowboys now, I would be talking to Nick Saban after his game, after he mops the floor with Michigan this week. And I'd be telling him, look, you are the best college football coach of all time, but you will never, ever be considered one of the best football coaches of all time unless you win at the NFL level. There is no bigger stage than the Dallas Cowboys. There is no other time in your professional career that you will have a look at this. So maybe put aside some control issues. We'll give you everything you want and need to get the staff and everything lined up the way you want to do it. And the second time around for you, Nick Saban, as an NFL head coach, will be the ultimate of your career. So, Steve, with all due respect, my man, Bill Cower, no way, Nick Saban, yes, sir. All right, Stevie. Caddy John laid it out for you. What do you think? Boy, Caddy John was going Saturday strong on that one. And you know what? I my, One of my original picks when Hank and I were talking about it was Nick Saban. He's, ah, there's no way Nick Saban's going to leave Alabama. No way. Well, I mean, I like Nick Saban. Uh, the documentary, Belichick and Saban, The Art of Coaching, I learned a lot about both of those guys. And 
built a lot of more respect for both of them as coaches and people because you could really get a chance to see what motivates them and, and how they think. When we talk about Bill Cower, we're talking about a leader. We're talking about a guy that was the Pittsburgh Steelers coach for 15 seasons. He hasn't been hiding in a cave, Tim, or Caddy John. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm hearing something. There we go. Okay. I need this music because it sets the tone. Bill Coward is, is kind of known as a hothead, but he's great at analyzing. 15 seasons with Pittsburgh. He's been an analyst ever since. He's not been out of the game. I mean, anyone who says that he's been out of the game has been sleeping, doesn't watch television. This guy analyzes every game. He knows every player. When you're a head coach at a team, you're focused on who is my next battle against. Bill Cowher is analyzing every player, every game, sees the strengths and weaknesses. He would be a great, great coach. He is a great coach. He was 49 years old when he quit coaching. Way premature. So, I mean, I, I would like to at least, I'm not sure if Bill Cowher's even interested, but that type of person would be a great, would be a great coach for the Dallas Cowboys. All right. That's where I stand. I like it. Saturday Strong with Caddy John and Steve Johnson. I love it. I love it. All right, let's get into some NFL picks um, to finish up the podcast. We got first round of playoffs. Um, Saturday games, we have... So we've got the Bills and the Texans. All right. And Tennessee versus New England. Yes, yes. So oh, Okay, so let's predict Buffalo-Houston first. Those are, they'll, they'll, that's the first game on Saturday. What do you got, Texans or Buffalo? I mean, I watched just a little bit of the Texans game uh, late in the season. Uh, the analysts were, were talking about how good this team is. It, unfortunately, although they're in Houston... We don't see a lot of the the Houston Texans play when uh, being in Dallas, Texas. I, I'm going to have to go. I've seen the Bills play, and I'm just going to have to go with the Texans on this one, Tim. Really? A home game for Texans. They got the home game. Buffalo's the wild card. I'm going Buffalo. Really? Texans, you just don't know. Deshaun Watson's great, but their head coach, Bill O'Brien, I don't trust that guy. I don't trust him. He's all over the place. Time management. They don't know what they're doing. That's going to come down. I, I, it's going to be a close game. I believe Buffalo wins by a field goal in that one. Okay. Um, all right. Going on to New England versus Tennessee. New England lost to the Dolphins and lost out on the second seed at home. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzmagic, they call him. Knocked the Patriots out of the second seed in the bye. So now they're at home against the Tennessee Titans. Former co- former linebacker um, for the Patriots is now the Titans head coach, Mike Vrabel. Who do you got there, Steve? You know, I mean, they talk about Vrabel being a, a, having control of his team and, and coaching great games. I, I haven't seen a lot of the Titans games, to be honest, Tim. I have seen a lot of the Patriots games. And you know what? You've got to go. I think you've got to go with the best. You've got to go with the best player the best quarterback in the league, and you've got to go with the best coach in the league. So I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go New England too. They'll at least get past the first round. It's hard not to, even though Tom Brady's been terrible most of the season, you've got to believe that they'll at least get past that first round yeah. just based on experience alone. Sunday games, you got my Minnesota Vikings at New Orleans. 
Vikings are the wild card, the sixth seed. Saints are the three seed at home in the Superdome. Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Michael Thomas for Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Who do you got there, Steve? Sean Payton always said, you know, 15 out of the 16 weeks, we feel like we've got the best player in the game on our team, and that would be Drew Brees. And I think he's going to be the best player in this game, too. I love the the Saints. I'd love to see your Vikings pull an upset, but it would be a huge upset. I, I, got, I have the New Orleans Saints winning this one. Yeah, I do, too. Saints are about seven or eight point favorites in this one. Let me, let me ask you a question. Are you going to go down with dignity? Are you going to start criticizing and tweeting about your Vikings, how bad they are and, and the decisions they make? And the, I, I just I want you to go out with some class. All right. Because I know you're a big Vikings fan, but I don't want you to go dark. Yeah, can, we'll can see. Can you do that? Can you we'll do see. that? We'll see. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. See, I, no guarantees. Well, their performance will dictate how I judge them. I, the Saints okay. are going to win. I have the Saints by 12. They're seven or... Eight-point favorites in this one at home. Little revenge versus the Minneapolis Miracle. I wanted anybody but the New Orleans Saints for my Minnesota Vikings. I wanted anybody but the Saints. I wanted Green Bay, Seattle, not the Saints on the road at the Superdome. It's a loud place to play. Not that the other ones aren't, but with their weapons, with Drew Brees, with their offense and their defense, I think that's too much for the Vikings to win. And then the last one of the weekend, you got Philly at home. They won the division 9-7 and seven versus Seattle traveling all the way across the country. Uh, who do you got in the final one of the, on Sunday, Steve? Oh, man. You know, I watched that Seattle 49er game. And early on in that game, I think, man, you, can't, you cannot stop the San Francisco 49ers. They look so dominant. But I, you know what? Seattle found a way. And I think they're going to find a way to win this game, too. Yeah, I do, too. Russell Wilson's too good. He's very... They won earlier at Philly in the year, and Philly's even more hurt now. You know, it kind of, This kind of reminds me of Tim Tebow and the Broncos beating the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling all the way across the country. Broncos were 8-8. Eight and eight. They somehow got the playoff game at home because they won the division. Pittsburgh Steelers were the much better team, but the but the Broncos ended up winning on the last crazy touchdown in overtime. That's not going to happen here. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are too disciplined, too good. They got Skittles, Money Lynch back in the backfield. Seahawks advance. So, yeah, that, that, those are my Sunday picks. Those are your Sunday picks, weekend picks. We've got picks for the Century Tournament of Champions. Wrapping up the podcast now with Steve Johnson and Minnesota Tim. Steve, you got any final words for the listeners out there on this Saturday? Yeah, let's use this winter time to to really evaluate your game. We talked early on in the podcast about how, how you can make some some strides forward, baby steps. Be patient with yourself. Let's have 2020 be your best season ever, and uh, we look forward to helping you along the way. Well, most people would say they couldn't have said it better. I could have said it better, but I chose not to. Thanks for making okay. us a part of your day. Thanks for making the Hank Caney podcast a part of your day. Um, the Sunday sizzle will air tomorrow on the Hank Caney podcast. We're calling it the Sunday sizzle. It used to be the Saturday sizzle. Now it's Saturday strong with the great predictor, Steve Johnson, and me, Minnesota Tim. 
Hank will be back on Monday on the Hank Caney Podcast. We're going seven days a week, baby. Seven days a week. Golf every day. Let's do it. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Caney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygolf at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. Caney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.